Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Let's Coach with Mark and Carolyn, the show that brings you the best from the professional and sports coaching worlds for you to use in your everyday lives. Carolyn Owens and me, Mark Thorne, are both professional coaches. Uh, Carolyn is a career and life coach. Uh, I am an executive and leadership coach. Uh, We both love what we do. We like working with our clients. We like coaching people and helping them raise their game to the next level, Uh, something that's very important to both of us. Uh, We also like to bring our listening audience tips for small businesses. Most coaches are small business people, so we like to share those ideas with folks that are out there. Uh, We also are both big, big believers in paying it forward. Uh, We believe in the power of individuals to make their communities better places, and we just love those kinds of good news stories. Uh, How people are making their communities better. It, It always amazes me. Uh, how many business folks that are out there spend a good deal of their time uh, doing things in, in their in their local community? It's not done from a sense of uh, advertising the business, but for the most part, it's done because they want their communities to be a, to be a better place to live in. Uh, so we love bringing those kinds of stories to folks. So welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to our new format. Uh, we have some new call-in numbers for our guests. Uh, and you can get those from the from our website. We've got a new URL. Uh, thanks to my co-host, Carolyn. Thank you, Carolyn, for uh, setting all that up. Carolyn is, uh, in some ways, the more technically minded of the two of us, which is a really scary thing if you know either one of us. Uh, but uh, she did a great job setting that up. So welcome to the new format for our show. So, Carolyn, how are you? Uh, hello to our listeners out there, wherever you may be. It's a lovely cold day in the DMV area. Uh, last time I checked, I think it was, what, 20, 25 degrees here, but enjoying it nonetheless. So um excited for our show today. As always, I love our guests that we have on our show, um, but I do want to take time and highlight a couple of events that are coming up, starting with uh, Women Mean Business Luncheon that's taking place January 27th here in Maryland, and it's from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., and it's hosted by the West Anne Arundel County Chamber. I did. I went to a, a networking event, a mixer, with them last night, and I will say we, I had a great time. I love the events that they put on because they really have you, you know, networking and talking and communicating. No one feels left out, so it was a great event, and it was held at the um, Baltimore Coffee and Tea House located in Odenton, Maryland. So great time there. I got to see quite a few people, and even uh, Tamika Sm- Joseph Smith, who was on our show uh, a couple weeks ago, was actually there. I got to see her and also her husband, Michael, who is he is with uh, CSM Music. So it was a great time. And also one of our prior guests, Vanessa Ballard, who's a health and wellness coach, was also there. So got to see a lot of our Let's Coach guests. But the subject for the Women Mean Business Luncheon is about breaking the pattern and achieving your goals. And um, they have a wonderful guest speaker that day, me, so I'm honored to be speaking. But you can find out more about registering for the event. You can go to www.westcountychamber.org and just go to the events page and you'll see not only this event, 
but a lot of the other great fun things that they do, and that's the thing. Their events are fun, so it's not just networking. You do enjoy yourself. And the other event that I wanted to mention, you will hear me talking about this event for the next couple of weeks. They keep adding uh, some wonderful sponsors and exhibitors. The uh, Popcorn Lady, they have a wonderful booth. They just got confirmed today. and it's about just about. I don't even think they have many uh, spaces left available, but they do still have some sponsorship um, opportunities. And we heard more about this when Tamika Joseph Smith was on our show, because she is the host of it. And it will take place March sixth, and the time for this is 12 p.m. to 5:30 p.m. And it's the BWI Airport Marriott where this will be located at. And you'll see me posting all over social media about it, sharing the speakers. They and they also confirmed the saxophone player Danny Alford. I have heard him play. He played at an event that I worked with uh, last year, and that alone is worth the small fee that you pay to attend. And this is the ultimate woman's day out. And it is there's raffles, door prizes, and the raffle is a charity raffle where 100% of the proceeds will go to one of the two charities, which is Four Three Sisters, and the other one is the House of Roof, Maryland. So they have a pink pamper lounge, they have swag bags, exhibitors, speakers, a DJ, like I said, live performances, and you can also have a buffet lunch. So I encourage you, it supports women business and women-focused charities. So you network, you have fun. I've been several times, and this will be the sixth one taking place. And people come in from all over. They fly in, they drive up. So definitely consider uh, going in. I I believe when you go to the website, you'll also see some discounted room rates for the hotel there. So if you're following me on social media, you know, click on the link, find out more. I will definitely be there. I'm an ambassador for the event this year. So I look forward to seeing you just come on up and say hi. So that's two of our um, upcoming events that I'd love to share with you. Love to see you there. I am I am still intrigued by that whole pamper lounge concept. I mean, it's not something <laughs> you've ever seen in any, in any guys hosted event. So anyway, I just it, it's just... <laughs> You go to the wrong events, because I've heard the guys are doing this stuff, too, now. You know, it's just it's done a little differently, but you got to go to the right events. I'll find one for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I just go to the wrong events. <laughs> so how can people get in contact with you if, if they would like to get in touch? If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can reach me uh, via email at Owens at infinitycoaching.net, or you can find me all over social media, at Carol R. Owens. It's Twitter, where I spend most of my time, on Facebook at infinitycoaching.co. And I can say, I am thrilled to say, you can go to my website. It is officially ready. You've heard me talk about launching this new website. And if you're following me on social media, you're going to be some see some discounts for our programs and different things to kind of celebrate the launch of the new website. But if you go to it, it's, a, of course, infinitycoaching.net. You have a contact page there, and you'll see a lot of the different programs and different things that I do. I love my new 
uh, website. So I got to give a shout out to Josh Bendowski, who's he actually lives in Utah, but he just was wonderful to work with. And we have some other projects that we're working on now. So I'm very thankful and blessed that um, I was connected with him. And he just, uh, as you can see, I'm very pleased with the outcome and work. So visit the website at infinitycoaching.net. And Mark, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, you can email me at dmthorne at verizon.net, or you can give me a call at 301-717-1185. Or you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn uh, is where I normally spend my time. So um, if anyone wants to get in touch with us and talk to either of us about coaching or about uh, joining us on the show, uh, please feel free to give either Carolyn or I a call and take a look at the at the the uh, new link for the radio show. Uh, like I said, great job on that, Carolyn, and uh, we've got some new numbers if folks want to want to be in touch with us. So, in any event, uh, thank you all for joining us today. Um, we're still waiting for our guest to join us in studio. Carolyn, do you want to reach out and try to give him a call? Well, actually, before we do that, I just want to say for our regular listeners out there, our new URL to find us for our radio show is blogtalkradio.com um, slash uh, Let's Coach. So it's very easy to find it. So if you miss a show, you can always click on that link, and you'll see all our shows. You'll, you'll actually be able to have access to every show that we do under our new brand here. So, And um, we're working on a new logo that will also emphasize what we do and provide the service and how, how we like to support other people with Let's Coach. So look for that as well. So you can definitely go. If you go to blogtalkradio.com and Let's Coach, you'll find us there. And that's another way that you can reach out and connect with us or send us an email. So I will. All right, Mark. Good. I think I think we have our guest on the air. I'm going to bring them online. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, you're always ready. <laughs> Maybe when. Caller whose number ends in three two. Welcome to Let's Coach with Mark and Carolyn. Hi. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Hi, Robert. Thanks for joining. <laughs> Carolyn, I'll do like a brief. In- there you go, Mark. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. Go for it. <laughs> I'll do a quick brief introduction of our guest today. Um, I'm very honored to have with us Robert Digsby, who is also a Navy veteran, and he's a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investment. And I would say he's a very, very active member in the chamber that you hear me talk so much about, the West County Chamber, the West Anne Arundel County Chamber. And he really enjoys helping other people, partnering with investors and individuals to create and implement strategies that, you know, can often change their lives just by getting a hold of that financial piece. Um, that's It causes so much stress in our lives when we don't have a handle on it. It can cause problems in relationships, marriage, and just in general if you're not keeping up with it. So he finds it very rewarding to being able to work with people to put their financial puzzle together. And now that we're go- we're, we've started a new year and we've talked about New Year's resolutions and goals, we've, and we've had two shows about that, but 
what's often left out is the financial piece. We don't really take a good, hard look at our money. And so many people can't even tell you what their true assets are. So this show is very important that it give, to give you some tips and strategies to begin to get a hold of that financial piece and begin to create that legacy and have that success for 2016. So, again, I'm very honored, and thank, first, thank you for your service, and welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I always like to start, you know, and understand why people get into the career field that they do. So what made you transition to become a financial advisor? So it really had a lot to do for me um, with the idea of actually helping people. So even when I was um, in the service in the Navy as a young man, um, we had a collateral duty um, called Command Financial Specialist where you could be trained on, um, you know, techniques for budgeting, you know, techniques for helping people manage debt and, you know, how to look at planning for the future in relationship to retirement or savings goals. And so I went through that training, and um, I really liked helping, um, you know, junior and mid-level sailors work through some of their financial issues that they had. Um, you know, when you're in the service, you're never going to be, you know, rich or anything like that. So, you know, you're always going to be, um, you know, struggling a little bit to get paycheck to paycheck, especially when you're young and you have a family. So I always enjoyed that. I really liked um, helping people with it. And uh, when I got out of the service, I went uh, worked in the defense industry for a while and um, did that uh, for about nine years and enjoyed that as well. Uh, worked with a lot of good people, a lot of good teams and stuff, but really just decided as I got older that um, you know, I wanted to get back to uh, helping people, and, and you get a lot of reward out of um, helping people reach their goals. And so um, I decided a while back that I was going to go back to uh, helping people with their finances and uh, really enjoyed um, making the shift to becoming a financial advisor and loved my time here at Edward Jones and the fact that, you know, I've been able to help people, you know, reach what were goals that were very important to them. And uh, I definitely enjoyed it and, and want to do it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So we, we we hear a lot of things about money and investing and saving. And there, there are a lot of fears that come up when people start talking about money or they don't want to have the conversation. So with your experience, what would you say is, you know, one of the top fears that people have surrounding money? I would say one of the top fears that people have surrounding money is most likely the realization that something isn't right. You know what I mean? That they they realize that um, they're not um, probably setting aside enough money for their retirement. They realize they have too much debt, or they realize that um, you know they're they're spending more than they're making every month, and that um, you know that for a while they can add it to a credit card, but that they're probably going to run out of time, or you know they have a child that. Um, is interested in going to college. They would like to help, uh, but they, they it's such a daunting task or such a daunting number uh, that they think they might need to save that, you know, people basically uh, put the blinders on. They decide that, okay, this is a very difficult task. Um, you know, should I spend uh, some time looking at it and working at it? Or, you know, should I watch television or, you know, plan the vacation? And uh, we like to tell people that, you know, 
oftentimes individuals will spend more time uh, planning what the family vacation is going to be that year than looking at their actual financial picture, both in the near term and the long term. And that one is clearly, you know, something that's going to affect their life uh, more than where they're going to take the family vacation at this year. So I think oftentimes it's just that they think of it as a daunting task, that it's a lot to look at. And so, you know, instead of rolling up the sleeves and, you know, agreeing uh, as a couple or as an individual to sit down once a week, uh, you know, for an hour or two and, and work through a piece of the budget or work through a piece of the plan or, you know, consult a professional um, or really start to focus on the long term, uh, it seems it seems difficult. And so just like going to the gym or, uh, you know, trying to change something about your house, uh, you get a little stressed about it and some people choose not to uh, address it. And then, But, you know, if you don't address it, it, it will come back to bite you. And so uh, the quicker and the younger you address it, the, the less pain it's going to be. You know, that is one of my goals that I set, um, one of my sub-goals to reach my overarching goal is to really sit down and look at where my money's going, how I'm spending. I know what's coming in, but I don't have a clear picture on where it's going. And so I, 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 I didn't think about doing a weekly meeting, so that's one thing right there I'll do. But why should someone even have a financial plan? Right. So the reason for a financial plan is because you have a goal in mind um, for something that you would like to accomplish. So um, oftentimes I might have a client that comes in and says, um, okay, I have a child um, and I would like to save for that child's education. Well, that's not a plan. Like that's a goal. Like I would like to save something for their goal. Without actually sitting down and doing a plan, you don't know how much you have to save you know the the numbers are different if you're going to save for you know your child, your child to go to an out of state private school for 4 years and you want to pay 100% that's a different number than if you're going to pay for 50% of your child's education at an in state school so without the actual plan you know to figure out you know where am i at today where would i like to be in the future and I just gave you a good example of that. Another one, of course, is retirement. You know, do I want to um, retire in a lower cost of living area, a higher cost of living area? What does retirement look like? Am I going to travel, not travel? You have to have that plan. Like, you have to know where you're currently at, where you want to be, what age you want to retire, you know, at what uh, point do you want to maybe look at downsizing the house. All of those things play a factor. And if you're not putting together a plan and looking at that plan, um, you know, not necessarily on a weekly basis, but when you're first establishing a budget, you might need to sit down weekly until you can really get it figured out. Uh, you know, most of the time you can look at your financial plan just twice a year and make sure you're on track or make adjustments if necessary because you can come up with the best laid plan, but uh, life's going to get in the way, right? And when life gets in the way, mm-hmm. you need to figure out how to get back on track. Um, but in order to do that, you do have to have a plan. Um, it's amazing. Uh, sometimes people will have... Um, good habits, um, but without the plan, um, they don't realize uh, whether or not they're actually on track for whatever that goal is or not. And, uh, you know, we do it usually, many people, when they, you know, you want to buy your first house, right? The mortgage uh, person tells you that you're going to need to put 10% down, and so you figure out how much that is, and then you you start to save that money, and once you have it, you go buy your first house. I mean, that's uh, a typical plan right there. You know, Carolyn and I both are big believers in planning. We, we 
we've done a lot of it. We talk about it a lot on the show. Uh, I find in many cases, though, people are really resistant to that P word. They just don't like the idea of having a plan. You get a lot of resistance that it um, ties them up too much. Um, You know, they don't want to be in a place where they're constrained by the plan. Right. What what do you tell people who respond to the idea of having a big financial plan with those kinds of comments? Right. Well, what we generally say is that um, there are some aspects of or uh, positive things that you can do that will make the planning piece um, a lot easier. And you also see what you're talking about, The you know, sometimes people are, you know, loathe to say, oh, I don't want to spend as much time as I need to to, you know, sit down and do a plan. You hear that a lot uh, with budgeting as well, right? The budgeting can be, you know, really complex. You know, so much money comes out, you know, and it's different every month. How do I figure it out if I'm a small business owner? But there are still habits that you can put into place that will allow you to um, take advantage of most of the benefits that you get of designing a plan, let's say, for retirement. And, you know, one of those examples, and you've probably heard this before, is, you know, you pay yourself first. So, you know, if you have a an idea of a certain amount of money that you would like to save um, every month, it has been proven many times over that the easiest way to make that happen is not to sit down, figure out where every dollar goes, and then at the end of the month, um, you know, pay yourself whatever is left over because there generally will not be anything left over. So if you pay yourself first, meaning every time you get paid, you have some of your money go towards your 401K or towards a Roth IRA, then you will learn to live on the rest. And so for people that feel like they don't want to be constrained by a monthly budget or a monthly plan, um, if you are doing the saving that you need to do right when you get paid, then if you do spend most of the rest of the money that you get that month um, on different things, you know, life, uh, you know, going out to dinner or car repairs or whatever, then you're okay because uh, you've already put money away. It's when you try to do it after the month is over um, that you're not going to succeed. So you may not want to get totally in on a um, in-depth uh, financial plan on your own, um, but there's still some habits that you can you know you can put into place that will get you most of the way there. Uh, but the plan is still important because how do you know how much to save? And so oftentimes that's why people end up in my office, which is um, there's a lot to um, designing a uh, plan, whether it be for retirement or uh, not maybe preparing for retirement. Maybe you're already retired and you're trying to figure out you know how do I make ends meet every month. Um, so there's, you're basically saying, I know I need a plan. I know that it's important. I know I need to have goals, uh, but I need a professional to sit down with me and and uh, you know help me design it, help me figure out how it works, keep track of whether or not I'm on target, and then I only need to show up twice a year to figure out uh, you know how I'm doing, and 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 uh, yeah, I can use a professional to to help me with those types of things. So. Uh, Yes, I mean, designing a business plan for life um, is, is hard, but it's something that is, is very rewarding for those people that do have it and can check off every six months, I'm this much closer to that plan. You mentioned what, you know, a word that I consider a dirty little four-letter word, and that's debt. <laughs> um, when, in, in, 
when you talk about paying yourself first in terms of debt, if once someone, say, has the emergency fund set up so if that tire blows or something goes wrong, but they still have so much debt, should they? how, how should they handle that in terms of paying themselves first? Okay, so, yes, the emergency fund is the most important piece because if you're just uh, putting all of your money down on debt, then the first time something happens, you're just going to turn around and, uh, you know, put it back on that credit card or get a new credit card. So it is important that you have an emergency fund set up. Once you have that set up, debt is important. And you do need to pay off um, your debts, you know, as soon as you can. Uh, It's important because, you know, when it comes to debt, um, depending on the type of debt, of course, uh, you know, you are paying, you know, an interest rate on that. And so that interest rate that you're paying over an extended period of time is making it um, difficult for you to, you know, we only have a a certain amount of money, right? We only have a finite amount of dollars that are going to come in from our paychecks um, over the course of a, a month or a year. And so there's a lot of people competing for that money, right? If you have children, then you have things that you need to do for them, and you've got to put food on the table. And there's a lot of things competing for your money. And so you know, the less debt you have, the more you're able to take that money and put it towards other goals that you may have. With that said, you know, most Americans um, do have a reasonable amount of uh, debt, and it is important to pay that off. You don't always, though, everybody's situation is different, but you don't always want to ignore everything else just because you have some debt. So what I mean by that is if you say to yourself, you know, I'm not going to save anything for retirement, or um, save anything for my kids' college, or uh, you know, save money for a house until I'm completely and totally debt-free, and you never actually end up becoming debt-free because you always have a car payment or you're always putting uh, things on the credit card, then you're missing valuable time that you need um, to have your money invested for those other goals. So sometimes you actually do have to sit down and say, you want to know what, this is how much money I have um, that I can set aside, and um, I'm going to choose to pay some of this debt, um, but I'm not going to be paying the maximum amount that I actually can afford each month because I am going to take a little bit of that, and I'm going to um, you know, invest in my 401k at work. Therefore, I'm going to get a match from my employer, and that's going to help me towards my retirement goals. Now, any new money that comes in, raises that you get, those are your opportunities to pay down debt. Um, But you don't want to make it something that you don't want to look or do anything about a financial plan until you've paid your debt off because uh, sometimes people will go through their entire lives with Mm. some form of debt and you're going to miss out on the fact that the younger you start investing for your goals, the, the better off you're going to be. That alone is an interesting statement that some people go through their entire lives living in debt. Yep, they do, and it may be that um, you know they they have uh, an endless car payment, right? So um, you know they they decide that they want to have a new car, you know, every four years for their entire lives, and so uh, they're going to um, you know spend a tremendous amount of money on vehicles uh, during the course of their life, and some of that you know, potentially could have been utilized for other goals. And then, uh, you know, some people, uh, you know, may buy too much house or uh, they may 
live a lifestyle that is, um, you know, beyond what their monthly paycheck allows for. And so they're always uh, paying, uh, paying on debts. And so they do that for, you know, decades at a time. And then they get serious about, you know, retirement uh, later in life, and they have to save so much more money um, on a monthly or annual basis when that is the case, uh, whereas if they had started younger, they would have had to have saved much less because of the uh, money compounding over time, rates of return. They would have done much better starting earlier. So every person's situation is different. You know, you never want to pay less than the minimums. You always want to make sure that um, you're trying to, um, you know, close out your debts as quickly as possible. Um, I think that's important, but it's also important not to ignore everything else uh, related to um, investing from that perspective, especially in today's day and age where so many people are leaving college with large college loans and things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you owe as much money as some people are leaving college uh, and you're just starting out in your career, the likelihood that you're going to be able to pay that off very, very, very quickly, uh, it means you would basically be ignoring, you know, all other potential opportunities for an extended period of time. So you want to have it be part of the puzzle, but um, you want to make sure that paying debt's important, but that you don't ignore everything else. One of the things that you you mentioned earlier was talking to a a professional. Mm Um. How do you find the right professional for you? So the way that most people will tell you that they have been happy with finding a professional that uh, ends up helping them with their financial goals or with their insurance goals or uh, with their banking goals is generally by referral. So uh, everybody um, has somebody in their lives generally that um, they respect or that they think um, has done you know, okay for themselves or uh, is uh, somebody that, uh, you know, maybe they um, really respect the way that they handle themselves. And you can ask them, you say, hey, um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, you, you're doing pretty well right now. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you had saved enough money for the kids to go to college. Uh, how did you do that? Um, did you use a professional or did you do it yourself? And if you did it yourself, how much time did it cost you? You know, is that something I think I can do? Um or is it no? I used I I worked with a professional on it. Okay, who did you use? How long have you used that person? Um, you know, referral is generally the best way to go. Like you want somebody that you respect um, to tell you that they used a certain person and that they're comfortable with uh, that person because you know you don't refer um, a professional that you've done business with. Uh, to somebody unless, especially a friend or a family member, unless you're sure that that person's going to be taken care of. So um, simply opening up the phone book and dialing or something is is not the way to do it. You want to ask for a referral from somebody. Um, you can do a little bit of research on your own and find out, you know, uh, you know which firms or uh, which uh, businesses are in your area. And then, you know, you can check to make sure that uh, those are respected businesses and that they've been around for a while and uh, whether or not they have a good, um, you know, they have a good uh, license record. I mean, you want to make sure that you do your homework before you just choose to meet with somebody that you have no experience with and just assume that because they're in the business, they know what they're doing and they're going to put your interests, uh, you know, at the top of the list. You don't know that. Uh, this The financial industry is no different than many other industries and in that 
you know, there are some people that are very, very good, and then there are some that uh, maybe not so good. So uh, referral is, is probably a number one way to go about doing that. And you want to make sure that it's somebody that you interview as well. When you first sit down, um, you know, they might want to get you as a client, but, you know, you might want to be interviewing them as well to say that, you know, this is the person that I can connect with, that I can share my goals with and, and seems to get me. And um, I understand what they're saying. They're not talking over my head. And, you know, they, we seem like we might have a good relationship. You don't want to have a uh, business relationship with somebody that, you know, they, you just don't seem to get each other. And there's a difference if you're a business owner. I and mean, a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs will often combine the plans together where their individual plan or their business plan, should they work separately on those? And do you, as a financial advisor, work with clients on, say, their business and individual? Or how does that all work? Yeah, absolutely. So a, a small business owner um, or even a mid-sized business owner, um, they uh, you know, oftentimes uh, will have, a, um, like I say, a retirement plan or some form of uh, benefits through that they're providing to employees. And um, then they have their own personal financial assets that, uh, you know, are not part of the business. And so uh, you can, um, clearly as an owner, you can have some of your money um, invested in the same and probably should as the same uh, retirement plan that uh, your employees are investing in as well. But you might also have assets um, outside of there as well. And you can do both. I mean, the the key part, though, is, is that, you know, if you're working on a financial plan for retirement, the person that you're working with should know about all of the assets, all of the, they don't have to be managing all of them, maybe, like you could have a 401k through work and that you have with your employees, and then, you know, have an investment account, you know, at another firm outside of uh, whoever manages the 401k, like you can keep those two separate. Um, but your financial advisor should know about uh, the assets that you have in the 401k, so that can all be part of the plan as well. So you can you can mix, but it doesn't have to. All of your assets don't have to be mixed, especially today, because you know if you're married, your spouse may have uh, uh, you know assets that they have through their employer, and so usually you're going to have um, a financial plan that includes um, assets being kept at you know different places. Um, as long as they're all included in the plan, then you're generally okay. So you so you've got an advisor you and you start to work with them um, and what kinds of questions should you be asking your advisor um, as you're interviewing them to make sure that they're on the same page that you are right so there's always some key um, you know questions that you can ask um you know the first one would be um, you know what is it exactly that you're going to help me with um, you know I'm saying that I have, um, you know, a couple of goals, some things in mind that I would like some assistance with. How are you going to help me uh, reach those goals? Like, what is the process that you have in place for that? Um, you know, are we going to have a personal relationship where I'm coming to your office and, you know, we're going to work through this a couple of times a year? Or is this, am I working with a firm that, you know, does everything over the phone, you know what I mean, where there isn't going to be a personal relationship. And every time I call, I get a different person on the phone mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, having a specific advisor 
that I'm going to be working with each time? Is it a business where um, there's maybe four or five advisors there and you kind of get whoever is available at that time? So you want to know what kind of relationship are we going to have? Um, You're going to want to ask them how they get paid. That's a big thing, right? You want to know that, okay, you know, I'm going to be using your services. Um, I feel that there's a good fit here that we're going to be able to work together. How will you get paid by me for providing this advice? And um, explain to me how I'll be able to tell, you know, if we're do- if what you're doing is is really in my best interests. And you know, you kind of want to make sure that that person can explain to you how they get paid how you're going to pay for their services, um, how often you'll be able to meet with them, how accessible they're going to be to you, and then also how they end up um, making the recommendations that they make. Are they willing to educate you a little bit? Like simply telling you, this is what we're going to do, and you saying, okay, that's great. Thank you for, um, you know, that's a great idea, I'm sure, because, you know, you're, licensed and experienced and you do this all the time and I don't, it's probably not the right way to go about it. You want to know that you're going to be working with somebody that's not just going to explain to you what you should probably do, but also why you should do it and work with you to figure out um, you know, what's best for you, not what's best for them and what you're comfortable with. You know, Some people have different risk tolerances. Some people are fairly aggressive investors and they understand how markets work and you know you can uh you don't need to explain as many of the technical terms to them but you know you're going to spend a little bit more time working on uh, uh the plan than they're used to maybe they already understand the investment side and there's others that don't understand investments at all and you want to know if that advisor is going to take the time to explain to you why they're making the recommendation for that investment why it's what's best for them and explain to them, I'm doing this because this is what you told me, and that's why this makes sense. So those are the types of things you're going to want to know when you go in and sit down with somebody. But the key factor is really going to be the relationship. You know, if you don't have a good feeling with this person, if you don't have a good, um, you know, you don't like sitting down across from them, uh, you know, at least twice a year, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less, then that's probably not the right person for you. You shouldn't, um, you know, not want to sit down with them uh, to do those mid-year reviews. You should be pretty excited about the idea of seeing where you're at. This is a time of year where people are, I said, they're setting their goals. Some people have New Year's resolutions, although I would bet some people have probably dropped some already by now. But we're one of the things we're not taught about money or how to manage our money. Um, there's no place in the school system, really, in most schools, I won't say all. And so when we're talking about setting goals when it comes to finances, people really don't know what type of goals they should be setting. Um, right. What type of things would you recommend that they look at with goal setting and finances? Right. So there's a couple of things that I would say based on, you know, just if you were giving yourself a little bit of a New Year's resolution list. One of them we already talked about, right, which is pay yourself first. So, um, you know, you want to set things up um, automatically to, um, you know, move from your checking or your savings account into uh, your investment um, that you want to do. Uh, you know, paying yourself first is, is something you should definitely try to, to work on right here at the beginning of the year. You'll see it makes things easier. 
same thing with, uh, you know, you want to take advantage of the opportunities that are available to you. If you, you know, are, are working at an employer that's willing to put money into your retirement account for you, um, you need to take full advantage of that. I mean, that is uh, as close as you're going to get to what they call free money, right? So if you're willing to put 3% in your salary into your retirement account and your employer is willing to match that and put 3% in, then, you know, you've made 100% on the money that you've invested uh, as well as potentially gotten a tax break as well. So you want to take advantage of the opportunities that are available to you. You know, you want to focus on the long term a little bit. You know, what what do you see, um, you know, your future looking like? Do you want to have a nice retirement or, you know, do you want to have it be um, something where, you know, you can't even afford to travel to go see the grandkids? So, you know, you don't want to be driven by fear, though. So, you know, a lot of times you're going to see people talking about, you know, whatever the financial markets are doing at the time, up, down, sideways, um, you know, for most individual investors, you just want to put money in on a monthly basis, uh, being well-balanced and, uh, you know, being in the market for a long period of time is generally what's going to uh, provide the most of your return and help you reach those goals. So don't be driven by fear. Don't wait to get started, you know, just based on whatever you see on the news. Um, we always have to talk as advisors with our clients about, um, you know, most of the time you need to forget the hot stocks, right? So you'll hear your friends and coworkers and people on TV talking about whatever the greatest, latest, hottest stocks are. And uh, the majority of individual investors should just ignore all of that because, uh, you know, they, there is no get-rich-quick um, type of thing that is going to help you, you know, reach your goals quicker than simply grinding it out over time. So um, cutting down on your debts is always one as well. You should have some type of goal if you have, uh, you know, a certain amount of uh, a debt that you would like to get rid of. Uh, you should have a goal on how much you would like to pay down and, and you know, keep track on a monthly basis if you're making any headway in that. Um, if you're not making any headway and it looks like it's going to be 25 years or something to pay it off, then, uh, you know, you might need to mix things up a little bit, take some extra hours at work or part-time job. you got to do something to uh, to break up the log jam. Uh, and then, you know, resolutions are only as good as uh, whether or not you stick to them. So, if you're going to have a financial resolution and a goal, then you know you need to monitor whether or not you're making any success. And if you're not, then you need to change something to to make that happen. The uh, the key though is some, for some people even just understanding uh, if you are um, making progress is helpful because you know they some people could actually go through a whole year and not tell you that you know whether or not they they spent more than they made or they made more than they spent, um, and so. You should be able to do that. You should know if uh, if you're making progress towards your goals. In, when I was younger, that, I was one of those people that would think, you know, oh, stocks, like you, you mentioned that, you know, get into the stocks and you just make all this money from stocks, and you're hearing a lot on the news. You hear about this, the economic market and the, what's happening in China and the different things. So it either has someone who's like, oh, I'm going to aggressively go for this, or I'm running, I'm not, I'm going to keep it under the mattress again. Um, right. You know, that, that kind of mentality, um, the emotional piece that comes with uh, finances. Yeah, that is true. There's, um, there's always going to be um, a lot of what we call noise um, going on for individual investors um, that, uh, you know, 
if they allow it to, will convince them that they need to do something different um, or that they you know, should be chasing whatever the latest hot investment is. Uh, that's generally not the case. Um, you know, most investors, uh, if you have a plan and you have a process, uh, you know, you're going to stick to that plan and that process and try to ignore some of that noise, meaning that, you know, if things are um, going a little bit uh, crazy, like you said, over in China and, you know, the, the watch the news and you find out that, you know, the stock market is down a lot one day or another. But, you know, if you're, you know, the typical average investor who's putting money into their 401k, you know, every two weeks when they get paid and maybe their spouse is putting money into their 401k every two weeks when they get paid, um, you know, and you're 25 years from retirement, then, you know, that's what you need to focus on. You need to focus on the fact that when the markets are down, you're putting money in. When the markets are up, you're putting money in. And, you know, over time, you know you're going to get a pretty good rate of return as long as you're well-balanced and that you continue to put in. Uh, you do not want to make your investment decisions, you know, based on uh, emotion or what you see on, on television in the evening. So uh, if you can do that on your own, um, then you're going to have a lot of success. Uh, many people decide at some points in their lives that um, they struggle to, you know, basically separate themselves from the noise um you know television stations and business channels they nobody tuned in to watch them say that you should just stay the course and keep investing every month right there's there's no uh, benefit in that for them uh they need to be talking about you know the day to day and so uh oftentimes people will decide at some point in their lives that you know they they don't want to make emotional decisions and so that's when they might you know decide that they want to go ahead and get a financial planner to help them separate uh the emotional side from you know the the uh investment side which is using your head and saying that you know I'm just going to keep keep on plan and I'm going to rebalance when I need to and I'm going to um look at down periods in the market as buying opportunities as opposed to uh times when I should you know be ultra conservative so Everybody's situation, everybody's financial plan is different, but uh, you know, if you'd like assistance with it, then sometimes it's important to bring in a professional and, and have them help you you know, stick to the things that you can control because that's a big aspect of it, right? Nobody controls what the market is going to do tomorrow or the next day. Um, all they control is how much money they put aside for how long they put it aside and whether or not they rebalance when they're supposed to, if that makes sense. It does. It does. I think um, one of the key, like you talk about leading with emotions versus with the head, uh, having, you know, seen people who retired from the military and they retire, you know, will receive a retirement pay or, or you, they have the retirement pay and they got a new job that they're working, career, new career that they love, but they may have, say, something they put in savings or in stocks years ago, and now they have some debt, you know, the transition, but they have enough for emergency fund, but there's that emotional attachment that they have with that fund because they started it when they first came in, and I can't touch it, I can't, you know, it's just been there and it's going to just continue to sit there. And this is actually a conversation I had with someone this week about um, the emotional attachment 
to those stocks instead of being able to let go, get out of debt, and not, as you said, live a life of debt. It's that 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 thought, that mentality, like, okay, I, I'm just going to stay in debt and have all this interest coming on the, this this credit card or bill. One, I could easily just turn and, and pull out the stocks that I've held on to because of an emotional attachment. Absolutely, you see um, emotional decisions made all of the time. That you know, in your if you're you know thinking about it from a mathematical perspective, you would never make that decision. I mean, you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. you might talk to somebody that has you know thirty thousand dollars in an emergency fund, um, but has ten thousand dollars of credit card debt and they're paying 19%. Like, yeah. it does not make sense to not pay off that uh, credit card bill. But in their minds, emotionally, they feel like they have to have that um, that amount in their savings account um, or they can't uh, they can't sleep at night. So um, it's, it really does depend on the individual. And so oftentimes it's important to, you know, help uh, work through why somebody feels like they have to have that big of an emergency fund, or if that's you know if they have a very safe job, and you may then find out the root of the problem is is that maybe there's a family member that you know they're worried that if they take that savings and they pay off that credit card bill that that other family member will turn around and you know run up the credit card again, and now you have you know this ten thousand dollar credit card bill with twenty thousand dollars in uh, savings and so that means that's the actual problem that you need to work on and that you need to get uh, to the bottom of it's not um, the fact that you know they're unwilling to to pay off that credit card debt it's more a matter of you know the fact that they're not on the same page with their finances and so they need you need to get some buy-in from both both family members that if that decision is made to pay off that credit card debt with the savings that they will work on rebuilding the savings back to where it needs to be before they, you know, ever put anything on that credit card again. So, absolutely, we do get attachments to certain investments, and we get attachments to, um, you know, stocks maybe that have done really, really well over a long period of time that we've owned or that a family member left us. And uh, it does not mean that you know it's necessarily the right investment for you moving forward. You know, the way you invest or the way you plan is going to be different at age 30 than it's going to mm. be at age 65. So you have to be willing to adjust. And, uh, you know, most people will make those adjustments um, if they can see the reason why they need to make that adjustment. So, But emotions do play a big factor in it. And that's what we spend a lot of time as advisors, you know, working with clients to understand that emotion is something that um you know we you have to realize it but you don't want to make changes based on emotion that you know you you only control certain things and you don't control um you know what the stock market or you know what a certain stock does over a week to week or a month to month basis but you do control buying quality investments you do control keeping your costs low you know you control um reviewing on a regular basis those are things you can control so um, if, you're, if you're spending a lot of time worried about you know what you see on the news on a day-to-day basis, um, then you, you have no ability to change that. So uh, it's somewhat wasteful time. We're wrapping up towards the end of the show. We've got about seven minutes left. Um, Carolyn uh, always gets the last question. Uh, it's, it's one of the things we wrote into the uh, show format. 
Um, but uh, two, two, uh, two uh, things for you. Uh, can you tell us how people can get in touch with you if they want to follow up uh, what they've heard on the show today? And then uh, what's one thing you want to leave the studio audience with? Sure. So I would say that um, you know the easiest way to get a hold of me, of course, is to you know uh, just pick up the phone and call the office. I can be reached at four one zero six seven two two three three two. You know, if you also uh, would like to send me an email or something, you can go to uh, edwardjones.com and just type my name in, Robert Digsby, and my information will pop up. You can send me an email. Uh, we are. Um, it's a great firm that I've chosen to work for, and. Uh, really uh, focused on the individual investor, and uh, I'd love to speak to anybody that has uh, any specific questions about their specific uh, situation. So once again, it's 410-672-2332. And I would say the one thing I would want to leave uh, people with is the idea that um, you know financial planning, and whether you're doing it yourself or with the assistance of a financial advisor, is something that affects all aspects of your life. And um, it will especially uh, affect the last third of your life. Um, it used to be that you know mm-hmm. um, people had pensions and Social Security benefits, and you saved a little bit of money in the bank, and everybody owned the house because they lived in the same house, you know, for 30 or 40 years. And uh, you know, in retirement, they may have only lived 10 or 15 years. And so um, those days are changing. Um, there aren't as many pensions out there. Uh, people move around a lot now, so you may not totally own the house when you retire. And people are living to be into their 90s, so you need to um, to spend as much time working on your finances as you do on uh, things like uh, the yard or um, you know watching television or uh, you know in the entertainment type side. It's very important. And the younger you start, um, the less pain it is. So the younger you start, the better off you're going to be. Okay, Carolyn, last question is yours. I actually think that was a very good wrap-up. Thank you so much, Robert. But I will, you know, just to clearly state for someone to get started who, you know, we have some listeners who may not have a financial plan or it's not a true financial plan, it's all in their head. What would be that very first step you would tell them to take to get started? The very first step that I would say that they should do to get started would be to start to save money in a retirement account. So if you have an employer that has a a 401K or a simple IRA or something and you're not participating in it, then you should talk to your HR department and get signed up for that. If you do not have an employer that has um, a plan that you can utilize, then you need to see about opening up um, a retirement plan for yourself. There are numerous, um, you know, ways that you can do that. Usually, you know, a local bank may have um, a retirement account that you could set up there if you have a relationship with them. A financial services firm like my own. Um, ask around uh, to different friends that you have and people that you respect. Ask your parents. You know, ask your grandparents. Uh, who do you use? I mean, I get clients all the time that I say, how did you hear about me? And they say, well, you know, my uncle... Um, highly recommends his Edward Jones financial advisor in California. So he told me if I wanted financial assistance to go into the local Edward Jones financial advisor's office, and that's how I heard about you. So I would say that the important thing is is to start saving in a retirement vehicle. Um, 
get that process started. Like, you know, if you can, uh, nobody can put $5,000 a year away without first putting, you know, $500 a year away. So if all you can afford to do is $50 a month, put in $50 a month. Someday you will call and you will up that to 75 and then you'll make it 100 and then you'll make it 200 and someday it'll be 500 So you have if you don't get started, though, you'll never get to the $500 a month. Mm. And I will say that process works. It does. Um, it was very effective. I've seen many people when I was on active duty teaching me those principles. And as a command financial specialist and experience you've had working with sailors, and helping them, you know, there's probably a lot of people who can look back now and say, I remember that conversation, thank you, and you continue to do it now. So thank you so much for, I I will say, helping make a difference in our country's economic situation by helping others. (laughs) Absolutely. Like I said, uh, I love it. Um, It's a great uh, great thing to help somebody reach uh, goals that they had. Robert, thanks a lot for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. So, Callan, we're running towards the end. Anything uh, you would like to announce here before we uh, drop off the air? No, I just want to uh, reiterate and thank again um, having Robert Digsby, a financial advisor with Edward Jones, on our show today. Um, definitely I'll be posting the information on social media. And just, you know, have the conversation because there's a lot of things that we don't know that we need to be looking at to really look towards retirement and, you know, creating that legacy and getting getting past the emotional part. You know, as coaches, we see how effective that can be, getting people past some of the limiting beliefs and blocks that they have, especially when it comes to money. So I encourage you to reach out to a financial advisor, um, talk to people, find out who you should work with, where you should go. And, again, I'll be sharing the information on social media so you've, you could – Reach out to Robert, and he can help you as well. So thank you for listening. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at cowens at infinitycoaching.net. You can find me on social media at Carol R. Owens on Twitter. And if you really just go to my my website, my wonderful updated website at infinitycoaching.net, you'll find all the social social media connections as well as how to get in touch with me. And, Mark, how can we reach you? Uh, you can give me a call at 301-717-1185 or contact me at dmthorn at verizon.net. So, Carolyn, if it ain't broke. Make it better. Have a wonderful next rest week. week, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.